0: This week's episode of Two Tools Baseball Podcast covers the surprising turnaround with Carlos Correa going from the Bay Area to the Big Apple. Cubs landing their anchor in the infield. Playoff notables keep reloading. And what's on your Christmas list? We'll share what's on ours. Coming up next.
1: Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonets and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, and he was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools
0: Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 85. Alex and I are recording. It is... Wednesday night December 21st days away from Christmas Alex uh let me ask you a first let me ask you a question first what is on your uh what's on your christmas list this year my wish list your wish list yeah what's santa going to bring me yeah what's santa going to bring you
1: i don't know i think i I think i got just about everything i might possibly need i think i think uh santa actually came a while back and got me some golf clubs i think that kind of counts as my my christmas present but nice um what about you what's uh what are you asking for
0: ah you know everything's kind of out of santa's budget usually for me so you know probably get some (laughs) t-shirts and some socks
1: and
0: a a 20th pair of boxers so then then,
1: they just call it a wrap there
0: yeah you know just kind of smile through sadness and then just start watching nba and NFL games on Christmas Day or Christmas movies. So And then
1: you just start crying when you see uh Baker versus Russell Wilson. That is gonna Christmas be Day.
0: that's gonna be one hell of a matchup, I will say. The Nickelodeon game will be fire. Um that's gonna be impressive. Also looking forward to, you know, always think or Thanksgiving. Hall or thanks not Halloween or Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner. That big prime rib. Oh, we're lamb. getting prime rib too. Oh yeah. Yeah. The works, you know? It's well, gonna like- be uh it's going be back-to-back-to-back-to-days of red meats and... Good stuff. Good stuff, yeah.
1: Uh, one thing we should throw out there as well, Travis, being a, we're a sports podcast, obviously we focus on baseball 100%, but the World Cup did just happen. That's right. And uh, you know, for those that somehow might not be aware, Lionel Messi got his World Cup trophy, such a big deal in like the sports world. It was like the most liked instagram posts in history do you know that most wow most liked social media posts in history was his post for winning the world cup but definitely a crazy kind of moment that uh i wasn't really sure would ever happen just given the strength of argentina but they definitely put it together this year it, it was it was it was definitely the most fun i've ever had watching a soccer game yes
0: it, it, and for people that aren't Typically, soccer fans, I know they would agree it was one of the greatest games they'd watch just back and forth. You never see a 3-3 tie, I feel like, in soccer. It's always 2-1, 3-1. With the hat one. trick
1: from Mbappe, I, is, I, the penalty kicks was crazy.
0: Superstars, you have—you you basically had, like you said, you had that Tom Brady-Patrick Mahomes game That's where you have the like. legend against the best player in the world right now, which is fun to see. Um, but great times right now. We have free agency. We have, you know— college playoff bowl games we got nfl games coming through world cup just ended um but i think the biggest
1: news of any of this stuff <laughs> i think uh, i'll put it this way the most surprising news
0: travis i've never i know you're gonna say but i've, I've never witnessed something like this before
1: I, I i it's almost like it's like happens like once a generation in like once per sport like it happened when i was a kid in the nba mm-hmm. um but i'll get into that in a minute but yeah the for those that don't know what we're obviously hinting at, Carlos Correa, who, Travis, we covered in the last podcast episode as signing, with, as signing with the Giants. We talked about how he was a good fit for them. He's not going to put them over the top to making the playoffs for sure, but it's a good centerpiece to build around. They were adding some smart pitching contracts, yep. some depth in the outfield with Hanager, guys like that, and then all of a sudden they got Correa, and I was like, boom, Like that's kind of the piece they can keep building around for the next decade travis yesterday they had <laughs> a, a scheduled press conference it got postponed which was i guess due to some rumors about uh, a medical uh, exam that uh, i don't know if it was failed but there's something popped up that was concerning i guess and this was all just kind of rumors and whispers all we really knew was that the uh, the announcement the big the big uh, Uh, you know, when, when, when the guy tries on the Jersey in front of the media, that was, that was pushed back and everyone kind of made some jokes, you know, maybe it's not a lock that he ends up there, but that was just stupid. Right. Like, of course you already, you've been in a, with a a verbal agreement for a week Mm -hmm. now you already had the medical. You already had the signing date scheduled. Pers- Giant,
0: giants are already posting social media. Uh, Little you know, kids are already
1: buying jerseys, yeah, Travis. I,
0: I mean, they literally had a uh, a holiday discount promo with Correa wearing like Christmas lights around his neck and in a Giants jersey. I mean, it, it was it was a done deal.
1: Until <laughs> late last night, Steve Cohen of the Mets, owner of the Mets, decided he's going to break the bank yet again and secure Carlos Correa. Was it a 12 year deal this time? I think it was one less year on the deal. It
0: was actually 11. 11 11 years, 315 million. Actually a lot more on the AAV, not a lot more, but uh, 29 million now AAV. So he did get a bump there, which I'm sure he's happy about.
1: So the Mets secure their, uh, one, one of the best shortstops in baseball to be their third baseman going forward, which is gonna be a whole nother fun tangent to kind of explore and talk about. But Travis, when
0: you first, woke
1: up. I mean, I, I assume you saw this when you woke up, not before bed.
0: You know, I saw your text last night and then I, it said something about John Heyman and then it said fed. And I, I thought I, I literally went to bed. I didn't read the whole thing. I didn't even know that much about it. I thought you meant something about like John Heyman's a fed. What? Like, like I, I, I I did not process it entirely. And then this morning, seeing it all, seeing everything on Twitter, him wearing a Mets uniform, I, I just could not believe it. I think the last time I could even think about this happening and I wasn't even you know paying attention to baseball news was the whole Alex Rodriguez back in 2004 when he signed or supposedly signed with the Boston Red Sox to become their shortstop and then of course hours later I guess the Yankees swooped in took A-Rod he became a Yankee and the end of story he finished out his career as a New York Yankee and moved over to third base because Derek Jeter was the shortstop so it's it's just it's it's almost like deja vu uh, for the New York team, but it's the NL side now. But I, I mean, just insane. I I can't imagine what New York Mets fans are, are feeling. I can't imagine what Giants fans are feeling right now, that you basically were so excited on this season. You had some good depth pitching. You got Hanniger. You got Correa. You had a lineup that actually looked pretty decent and could compete. Now, I I don't know where you go from that. I mean, you got, I guess, one more year of of, of Brandon Crawford. People on Twitter are already speculating. Where's Crawford going to go? Will he be an angel? Will he be a shortstop for the Angels this next season? But he'll most likely finish out his last year as a Giant at the shortstops position. But I mean, holy cow! I I, I don't. I, I actually, it's never been happening like this before. But I mean, a baseball team, a de- baseball franchise, and an owner spending this much money in an offseason. Verlander, Correa, Nimo, the list just goes on. I, I I really just I'm I'm speechless. I I cannot think about how much money has gone into it. I mean, I think it's been over 800 million dollars dished out with all the signings this off season, right? Something, something like that.
1: Something like that. Yeah, and it's crazy like the amount of people that reached free agency from that team this season. It was Bassett, it was DeGrom, it was Nimo. It was Diaz. The list goes on, and I, in my and I think in everyone's head, they were just kind of like, you know, what can we expect? They can't realistically keep all of these guys. Somehow, Travis, they definitely are better on paper than they were last <laughs> yep. season, yep. which they were already a 100 win team with a high payroll. Now the payroll is even higher. It's going to be tops in baseball for sure. Um, so I guess there's a few ways we can start or kind of continue on this. Uh, one thing really briefly that we don't even need to talk about anymore is I was going to ask you the question, Who has who's winning this offseason, right? Yeah. Wh- which team is
0: winning? It's obvious. A-
1: after after <laughs> yesterday, there, I, I think the Mets might have been winning it in the first place. But yeah. then now after mm-hmm. yesterday, they just signed the best infielder that was a free agent. Um, so I think that that question goes out the door. Um, the Mets are obviously winning this offseason so far. So let's switch up the question here. Carlos Correa is doing the exact similar thing that A-Rod did, right? Yep. Um, The Mariners' stint of A-Rod was kind of like the Astros' stint. And then instead of a couple years with Texas, he just did one year over in uh, Minnesota and then now they're kind of with the team probably for the rest of their career in New mm-hmm. York
0: that's so funny that you, and, you just brought that up I didn't even realize that it's, it's almost the same path
1: and then when when they're going to be in New York they have to make that switch over to third base and Arod was the best third baseman of his generation mm-hmm. even though he was also one of the best shortstops of his generation yep. so he had that funny thing so I wonder how we'll look back on Correa when his career is over more of a shortstop more of a third base I guess mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see when that time comes but for Travis right now going into next season Season. I'm sure when spring training hits, we'll do our like rankings for positions, but just as of right now, you had to give your gut feeling. Correa is a top what third baseman in MLB?
0: I think, yeah, I'd probably say top five. I, I still have, of course, J Ram, Jose Ramirez, I still have Machado, I still have Arenado above him. Really? Yeah, and I probably would have Devers over him as well. Um just really. Just yeah. Yeah. I mean I would. I I'm I'm pretty surprised. I, yeah. I, I still um and, and and I mean I think I'm just being a little bit uh I don't know the word, but I I've I've seen of course all these guys play third base for so long. Um, Correa just moving to the spot. Um I I, I, I have them top five. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that.
1: I mean, I think he's definitely in the conversation for the best. Okay. Um, I think that overall, I would just pick J-Ram mm-hmm. or Machado. Um, and then obviously, I'm not on Machado, are almost like, yeah. like thing one and thing two. They mm-hmm. just like can't even tell mm-hmm. them apart sometimes. But um, those three are probably... Um, the three that I could understand being above Correa, mm-hmm. I think that Correa instantly is going to have a very solid glove. It might not be elite, but I think it'll be solid. It'll and, be solid. Yeah, and, and we know his arm will be elite for yes. the position. Yeah, um, we'll see how he kind of adjusts to some of like the more twitch reaction plays. Um, but I mean, he's just so good at shortstop, and it's not even just that he's really good at shortstop. Um, I just remember there's lots of plays during the postseason as an Astro where. He really impressed with like his, you know, quick thinking. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one like uh, cutoff play where he like pump fake somewhere and like gun the guy out at home and like just these different kind of, you know, just kind of baseball IQ plays that he's always really good at. So I think yes. he'll make the transition very nicely, I would assume. Um, it might take him a little bit to get used to it, but um, He's he's someone who at shortstop, I think had a really good glove and maybe lacked some speed. Mm-hmm. So almost like third base is a natural fit long term, right? So exactly. I, I I do like I do like the fit there. I think it's overall just gonna be perfect for the Mets as long as Lindor keeps up that defense, which he's been able to do so far. Um, I think it's overall gonna be very promising. I think as his bat, I mean, just looking at his bat alone, I think it's he's pretty comparable to like Machado and Arenado. Um, so the defense might be a tick worse, which I under, you know, that, that's that's probably yeah. fair to say because Machado and uh, Arenado are all world defenders, but yeah. um, Correa will be, I think, in that mix for sure, that top tier of third baseman, but it's- so- I, I,
0: I think you could easily say uh, a better defender than Devers, a better defender uh, pro- possibly than J-Ram, um, I, I yeah. think right now. J- J-Ram, what makes him so special, I, I, I still love the hitting aspect that he brings. And then, of course, I think uh, it was 2021, I think he almost had like 30 stolen bases that year. So he's still a presence on the base pass, which makes him such a complete third baseman and player, which, uh, he still is, is in my top three, uh, Ram is, but I mean, I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I think Correa will fit very nicely into third base. He looks more like a third baseman, but being that when he was at the shortstop position, what he was able to do much like a rod, it just doesn't come with much shortstops. You know, shortstops are supposed to be guys that are, um, uh, you know, typically, you know, shorter guys, uh, play with contact uh usually you know just good speed good defense yeah quick guys Correa brought the power um you know he had the electrifying arm and almost felt like he could go play a corner outfield spot with that arm uh you know a third base spot will be easily a a great move for him I I think he's going to transition very nicely over there it's it's just crazy that literally a couple years ago I know we were having this debate on you know who's the best shortstop and I think when Lindor was still at the Indians you know I was still very high on Lindor I loved What he brought i think he was hitting close to like 40 home runs one season he he was such a great power bat with such good defense his war was tremendous but then correa he just was always sidelined with some injuries but when he was healthy he was a tremendous shortstop (laughs) now the mets got both those guys on their left side which is i mean again you, you tell the mets three years ago this is what your roster looks like i mean i think they're just jaws will drop with uh what this new owner has been able to do the last two off seasons it's been it's been incredible
1: yeah and I, one of the one of the main headlines for me here as well the two nl teams that have been the most aggressive probably the two teams in baseball that have been the most aggressive are the mets and the padres yes they yeah. just um both were obviously made the postseason the padres made the nlcs uh and I just like seeing the hungry teams kind of get even hungrier. Yep. Which left side, if you had to pick right now, mm. Bogarts and Machado. We'll we'll assume that Tatis plays outfield, so we'll yes. say Bogarts and yes. Machado in San Diego, or Lindor and Correa in 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 uh, the in Queens.
0: I gotta go Queens. Um yeah. I, I think that's a that's a slightly better left side. If it was Tatis playing short, I would probably lean the Padres' way, but I will go the Mets with being the better left side right now. It's just in it's 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 crazy right now when when you look at that you know th- those two players and you look at that infield in total you look at jeff mcneil you look at pete alonso i mean god and, how many home runs is that infield gonna hit it, it's it's crazy
1: and the outfield is also ready to go with- yes Canna, uh, Nimo, and Marte probably going left to right there. Um, they really just feel like they're going to be really complete this year. The, the batting order is going to be crazy. Travis, quick, quick little, just <laughs> quick, little, gonna quick, cover this. quick little Alex rant right here. I just people always post like lineups on Twitter, which is cool. Like I love when like your team gets a new player and you immediately start thinking, oh, like how does he fit into our lineup, to mm-hmm. our batting order, all this stuff. I see all these people making their batting orders and they want to keep the one through four the same as last season so they had it like one as Nima which I like and then they had two as Starling Marte three as Lindor four as Alonso and then they had like Correa fifth I saw this like three different people posted the same exact thing and I was like what's going on like Correa Mm -hmm. is I think Mm -hmm. a better hitter definitely than Starling Marte in my opinion and probably better than Lindor too so it's just like how is he not up there in either the two or the three spot? But yeah. but but you know what? That's up for the coach. I'm sure they're going to sort it out. I, I, I can almost – I feel very confident, at least in my mind, that he won't be batting fifth all year. But, yeah. I mean, we'll see how they decide to, to do things. Um. Uh,
0: it, it's it's funny going back to that one article front page cover. I think it was the New York Post that had um, oh my goodness. all four of these players in New York Yankee uniforms. It was, it was- Aaron Judge, uh, Edwin Diaz. Justin Verlander and Carlos Correa, and three of them signed with the Mets. Alex, I'll tell you one thing. If Aaron Judge was still a free agent, I think Yankee fans would be shaking right now that the Mets would be trying to complete that gauntlet of those four guys in Mets. That's the, uniforms. That's
1: the infinity stones right there. <laughs> I, and Cohen is Thanos. He's just collecting
0: all the that, stones. That would be awesome. And, and then
1: just to wrap up the Mets talk, Travis, Ottavino, they also got for their bullpen, you know.
0: Yeah, um yeah. two years, 14 and a half mil. I think there's an opt-out as well, but um they bring him back for good uh you know good good bullpen support to uh to be a nice you know seventh eighth inning guy he
1: had some very good numbers last year travis i think that overall it's going to be a great setup guy or or seventh inning kind of guy um situational pitcher that's gonna prove valuable um because they got diaz on a big deal so you're kind of if you're if i was a mets fan i would say i'm glad we got diaz on the big deal but we need the bullpen depth we can't just count on him to go two innings every night um and and he he Almost certainly he won't be what he was last year because mm-hmm. it was just an unbelievable level of greatness last year from Diaz that, you know, he'll need some help at some points this season. So you get a guy like Adovino. Um And so I think that, you know, the signings like that are, are needed to kind of give the depth that the uh, stars will need in order to kind of yep. compete for the course of the full season. So I think... Their combination of getting the depth um, by the Mets, you know, guys like keeping Nemo, keeping or signing on like Senga, and then as well yes. as the high-level, you know, stuff like the the uh, Correa and the Verlander deals, like all that's needed in order yep. for this team to really feel like they're in a great spot. And they are in such a great spot yeah. now after yeah. this offseason.
0: And bringing in like David Robertson to a one-year deal, more yep. depth in that bullpen. Um, The the starting pitching looks great. The I mean, the offense looks so complete and then of course the bullpen that might be the last key piece that Cohen needs to start looking at for you know more guys to to invest in and and you know possibly look at the trade market for for other guys I I know we might cover it later on the episode there is one guy that's on the trade block that I know the Mets are linked to um, and that is just quickly to cover uh, Liam Hendricks for the White Sox he could be a guy possibly that could be um, explored in a trade with the Mets I know the White Sox might want to dump his contract. And I'm sure Cohen would love to pick that up, but uh, that'd be an amazing pickup and he could be uh, a terrific eighth inning guy uh, for, you know, for the Mets going in the future. But where should we, uh, where should we move on next, Alex? Should we go to the uh, the next big shortstop that signed as well? Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, Dansby Swanson, uh, the, you know, Atlanta Brave shortstop, uh, former or Uh, you know was the number one overall pick and I forget I think in the 2013 or 14 draft or something like that out of Vanderbilt but he signs a seven year 177 mil uh, contract with the Chicago Cubs Uh, he had in his press conference I guess the Cubs are kind of like his second home team that he supports he had a story I guess about his grandfather that I guess recently just passed away but he told everyone that you know when he went to his grandfather's house he'd always have Chicago Cubs games on in on the TV in the living room uh, he he's a guy that I think was born and raised in Georgia. So Atlanta Braves were kind of his hometown team, but I guess his grandfather loved the Chicago Cubs. It's kind of a cool moment for him to kind of go to his, uh, to his, you know, second team or second home, if you'd say and play and possibly finish out his career with the Chicago Cubs. I know his wife just signed um, her, um, you know, women's soccer league contract with the, uh, with the team that plays in Chicago. I apologize I don't know the name but uh, it it, it just felt right that she was gonna go play in Chicago and then of course the Cubs were linked to Dansby and Dansby's probably like I think I don't want to make things you know it makes life complicated exactly we can we can get a nice house somewhere in Chicago we can uh, you know we can all basically live there and play for those sports teams that's pretty cool and exciting to be to be a part of but he gets the deal alex i i Dansby's a terrific player a great shortstop i will say i don't think it really moves the needle in making the cubs a contender they mm-hmm. got some good pieces this offseason we'll see what bellinger brings we'll see what um, Jameson tyon brings at the starting pitching uh, spot, but uh, what do you view this move as? Is, is this kind of like their anchor now for the future, for building for you know the the next couple you know the next couple of years that uh, the Cubs can hopefully kind of build some traction and you know wind up in a wild card series sometime in the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, personally, I think that if the Cubs end up making serious strides this season, next season, season after, maybe I, I won't attribute it that much to this swanson signing i think that he is a really good piece to have to a winning team but he's not the piece in my mind i think we both agree on that like he was not even the piece on his own atlanta braves on the braves last year he was probably like
0: the fifth guy or the sixth guy right like
1: a fourth fourth guy at best um and because of that i think that you know even though he had a really good year last year um his career you know i think about you know all, all the seasons he's been in the bigs, is for like two or three, he's had uh, OPS plus below 100, so mm-hmm. below average hitter. So I'm not saying he's going to go back to that, but I just think that um, it's definitely a really big contract for a player who earned himself a payday. But I'm not sure it's going to really uh, turn into like this permanent, like every year all-star kind of guy. Yeah. I, I don't really see that. Uh, going forwards for him. I do think that there's a really good chance the Cubs could trend positively if Seiya Suzuki continues to trend well, if Bellinger returns to kind of a, at least an average hitter and then has the plus-plus uh, defense and glove and arm and all that. Um, also, I think Nico Horner developed well last year if they decide to hold on to him. I thought they might trade him, but I saw some post about them wanting to use him at second base maybe. So if that ends up being the case, I think they could really do some good stuff. Um, With some of their pieces, but I I don't see them as that complete of a team, especially last year. The record wasn't great. Um, And then they did lose, of course, Wilson Contreras. So it's like, uh, do you expect Dansby to have, Chavez, let's put it this way, do you expect Dansby and Bellinger to have more upside than Wilson Contreras did in terms of just how much value they bring to the team. I feel like Wilson Contreras losing him is almost the same as like gaining Dansby. Yeah, uh, Equal
0: ground with these moves. Yeah.
1: So like I, I, you know, hats off to them for trying to compete, but I just don't think that, like you said, it's not something that moves the needle too much. I think it's just a move that, you know, I respect, I respect the efforts to try to win. And I think that, um, you know, they should be in a decent spot going forwards, but I wouldn't expect them to be in the wild card race, uh, deep into the season. But um, it's just it's just someone else for you know fans at Wrigley to kind of uh, be kind of happy about. I think Say Suzuki and yes. Corner last year were lots of fun, and um, yeah, we'll see how they do. They still have some good depth pieces. I think Jan Gomes is a underrated catcher. I think he'll be their starting catcher now that now that um, Wilson Contreras is gone. Um, and there's some interesting pitchers in the mix. We'll see how Tyone does, but um, yeah, I just don't think there's the upside in the in the in the batting order nor in the pitching uh, rotation to really like make me convinced they're going to make the playoffs. It's
0: a funky division because you got it is you have the Brewers and the Cardinals at the top. Um, I feel like and,
1: the Brewers are going the wrong way.
0: Yeah, and, and the Brewers just aren't in a good position right now to you know be they're they're just not being. Confident in their I, I think in their moves this offseason or they're just not going after the right guys I feel yeah. like we've always had this problem with the Brewers They've traded great away. great pitching the offense though just does not get help And there's been so many times where <laughs> they, guys are free agents or trades are available and they just cannot seem to get those guys over there
1: And they, they traded away two of their best hitters yep. last season, which were Colton Wong probably their best hitting infielder yes. besides Adamas and then uh, Renfro with probably their best hitting outfielder last yes. season They yep. traded those guys away for depth, which yeah. I mean, long term, I you know, I can see why the Brewers might be interested in that, but they're not, they didn't really replace those guys with yes. guys who are ready to put up big numbers. So, I expect the Brewers to kind of continue to slip here. The division, in my mind, is all up for the Cardinals, uh, up for grabs for them. Mm-hmm. I expect the Cardinals to get it, obviously, but um, they also haven't made that many moves themselves. I think the Cardinals could use like uh more of a punch I, I really thought that Rodon would have been a great fit for them yeah but i, I just think the
0: rotation yeah.
1: I, I just think that they still are missing some uh some firepower as well the nl central overall travis not impressed me this offseason
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and then of course rounding out the bottom you have the reds and the pirates which i mean they're just kind of just building for the future that that's that's pretty simple to say uh so it'll be interesting kind of fun how the nl central goes about it. it's always been a very competitive division but We'll see if the Cubs can make some sort of noise, possibly get a couple more guys as the offseason goes on. But, Alex, let's now transition to the team on the south side of Chicago, the Chicago White Sox. They... Gets Andrew Benatendi, um, the Red Sox and the Royals star uh for a five-year $75 million deal, about $15 million in AAV terms. But it what's what's funny about this is that Benatendi is strictly a single a singles guy. He does not hit a lot of extra base hits, <laughs> done not a lot of home runs. And I think it was last year. The White Sox had quotes from their hitting coach and from their coaching staff where we just want to hit teams to death and I I weren't they ranked like first in terms of like most singles in 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 the league or something the, like that.
1: The, there were some crazy stats like that. I think I also saw some crazy stat about they were like they were like the first team to like have a losing record while having like uh out, I forget what it was like it was like they had like 10 hits in a game, like all, like like so many yeah. times, yeah. and they had a losing record in those games somehow. Because I don't know. I think I think their hitting coach already they let him go already. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, he did have these really funny quotes about like he doesn't want to hit any home runs. And I think that strategy is gonna leave them this year. But uh, my, my, one of my thoughts on this Ben attendee deal was, well, did you did you have the numbers on it
0: for the terms? Yeah, yeah, five years, seventy five million. So about like I said, fifteen million a A V, which well, I mean is not great, but it is good in Ben terms
1: it's good for Ben I agree I think that overall I I'm not super I don't like it for for the for the team yeah I don't yeah. I don't like it for the White mm-hmm. Sox I think that as a bat
0: they they need a Renfro <laughs> yeah they, they need a power guy
1: as a bat last season in 2020 sorry in 2021 so two years ago he had a 105 WRC plus um so a slightly above average hitter he had like a 1.7 war in 2021. He played like almost the whole season, 134 games. That's for the for the Royals, of course. Um, not a big walk guy that season 6%. Um, he, the one thing he's been really good at is contact. He didn't strike out very much in 2021. Ever since he got to the Royals, he has not struck out that much at all, which I would say is definitely a good skill to kind of... Th- he can kind of have in his in his pocket but um last season he was better at the plate right we all kind of saw like oh a 304 hitter 373 on base that's a very good on base percentage yes. his walking went up to 10 percent, which is very good um, but the power really fell off the isolated power stat which just takes your slugging minus your average it was at a career low um his slugging was less than 400 Travis that's that's wow. definitely getting down into the slap hitter yeah. territory which um i think it was know,
0: like three home runs total in the year or something like that it was yeah, it was like, single digits at least it was five yeah five, okay. and,
1: and and yeah just the the numbers overall are pretty low. Nine stolen bases, so not or sorry, eight stolen bases, um, so nothing too bad. But um, yeah, I, I I just I don't love the plate approach here. I and he also had a three fifty two BABIP, which just means he was getting some decent luck with balls in play. I think if that slips back a bit, I expect this average to to maybe dip a little bit down to like the two like seventies or something. Mm-hmm. And then if that does happen, like I might expect the on base could be pretty good but the slugging's going to really slip too because it's yep. dependent on the batting average so i'm just not super high on ben Attendee going forwards um i still think he could be a nice like two-war player or something like that because of he's got a good glove um there's decent speed there uh you know but he is playing corner outfield probably so like the defensive value might not be huge from him one thing i'm wondering they might do is they did let Jose Abreu go. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if they're going to move on back to first base. I would think And they have would. Benintendi
0: playing left field maybe. Yeah. And so, Eloy playing right or... Or maybe Benintendi
1: in, in right and yeah. then Eloy in left and then Luis right.
0: in center. So, it, I mean... Could, could be a fun outfield it,
1: it the, yeah and and the white Sox had so much talent and promise going into the last season that it feels dumb to write them off now for the next season mm-hmm. they definitely have the names especially if guys like kopech cease continue to to put up numbers if g lito bounces back but um it really will come down to their sluggers in my opinion tim anderson um is, is a pretty good player uh, uh Luis Robert, Travis, I think he did not have a very good year last year, nope. at least compared to what we hoped he might be able to do. So they're a really interesting team. I just don't think Benintendi. I mean, in my mind, he definitely does not move the needle. He's definitely a serviceable guy, but for that money, I'm very surprised. That's their biggest contract they've ever given out in free agency.
0: Uh, again, another record-breaking deal for a team. I think the Rays, it was uh, Zach Eflin and now the White Sox with Benettendi it, It's- it's surprising to see that some of these teams just don't like to give out big deals and they finally did and it's to these players, which right. you know, kind of doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it, maybe in, you know, nine months we could be talking about a different team with the White Sox. Um, that division too, just like the NL Central, a very kind of confusing confusing division. You know, the Royals and the Tigers are struggling down at the bottom. The Twins were good last year for about 130 games and then just faded away And then the guardians of course just stayed consistent all year long and ended up winning i think it was just about 90 games uh, to win the division so we'll see if the 90 games is for real if the guardians are for real um the white Sox were heavy heavy favorites last year to win the division um the best odds in vegas to win their division out of all the mlb teams so it was definitely a disappointment but a new manager and maybe a new philosophy might change things up a bit they still have tons and tons of talent Um, That's why with a bunch of people exploring trade options and bringing up guys on the White Sox, I I think it's kind of funky because I would feel like they're still in their their prime years. They have Louise Robert, who is a superstar, at least should be a superstar in the making still right now. Um, And then, of course, you still have. Tim Anderson left on his contract and a couple of these other guys. I know Jose Abreu left, but he's a guy that was definitely aging. Maybe it's time to start looking for Vaughn to play some, uh, to play some first base. I know they also have Gavin Sheets. They got a couple other guys and young guys that are still uh, you know, bursting onto the scene for the White Sox. So it will be fun to see exactly how everything works out. I'm assuming Benettendi would be their leadoff guy, Alex. I, I know he's probably gonna bat in that first or second hole of the lineup and then probably have robert around there maybe even have ben attendee uh tim anderson or tim anderson ben attendee i don't know how they're going to work that all about but um i I will assume he will be um top of the top of the lineup kind of guy but um anything else to add on about the white Sox?
1: no i think that pretty much covers it i think what will determine how good they are is uh partially if we get a bounce back from robert from guys like grandal maybe uh and then also the pitching, if the pitching is solid, if Lynn can play a full season at a high level, if Gilito can bounce back like he you know, appears like he was the yes. years prior, that will be the biggest difference. And then, of course, they're shopping Hendricks, which I think that just comes down to their uh, in a similar spot. The Angels were with regular Rizal Iglesias, which I think you told me that yep. it's a similar scenario because um you're a team that you're realizing you might want to add more depth instead of just signing this closer to a huge deal and it made sense at the time when you signed them because you thought he was like the final piece to your puzzle in reality you might have a little bit a few more pieces to kind of figure out so mm-hmm. they're gonna maybe trade him to a team and add some depth back to your own own roster yeah. so we'll see how that i mean the bullpen i think has never been that big of a problem Campbell didn't really work over in chicago but besides that I think that, you know, Hendricks has been good for them. Different guys have had good years like Bummer, uh, Graveman, uh, different guys like that. So I I, I do think that um, they will be fine in that mm-hmm. regard. But we'll mm-hmm. see how they kind of trend next season. I, I'm i not super high on them, but can't, can't be down on them either just because of the talent.
0: Yeah, with the AL Central, anything's possible. Um, the Twins, the White Sox, the Guardians, I think they're all heavily, you know, competing for that division title. Uh, Alex, let's move on to the other... MLB team with Sox in their name, the Red Sox of Boston. Um they've they've had just an interesting interesting offseason. I I I'm not too fond of what they've been doing so far. I I don't I don't get some of these moves and then of course we'll kind of cover uh you know Red Sox Nation, MLB, uh you know MLB's been very curious to see if they could extend a guy like Devers or would they explore a trade with Devers. The last I've heard them uh Devers and the front office both parties are I think there was actually a term that said like galaxies apart (laughs) yes (laughs) something that uh is would be frustrating as a Red Sox fan if you can you know a guy that is your franchise third baseman and 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 is on his way to Cooperstown if everything stays consistent but um that's for of course the first thing I'll kind of cover is is Devers and the Red Sox just not nearing any sort of extension so far they did release Eric Hosmer which I mean Eric Hosmer for the past 12 months has been living in San Diego then he got moved to Boston now he's I, I guess th- I kind think, of just. I think
1: he thought he was going to the Nationals. He like declined that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I know San, San Diego wasn't too happy when they um, when they wanted to trade him, and I think he was kind of uh, he he had a no trade clause. I think in his contract, which you look back at that contract, and I mean, oh my God, just how atrocious that was. Um, I think he, he got north of a hundred million dollars for I think it was like seven years or something like that. But they release Eric Hosmer, so now of course teams can go out there and grab him. But then they sign uh, D- Dodgers i won't say dodgers legend but just dodgers postseason legend uh justin turner and just a great uh uh guide to the fans of the dodgers justin turner is now headed to boston on a two-year 22 million dollar deal to me it's a head scratcher i mean i i know he's a third baseman but of course he's getting older you're probably going to see him being used at the dh role and at the first base role but um what, what do you make of it? What do you make of the Turner signing and what do you make of the Red Sox offseason so far? I, I just don't understand it right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not too big on it. I, I think that they're they're definitely taking this approach. Um, you know, I think as you mentioned in the podcast before, their general manager, Heim Bloom, is someone who is kind of trying to implement like a raise mindset, which is really big on like Um, You know, obviously there's analytics involved. I'm not sure how big the Boston Analytics Department is, but um, they're kind of in like the not big contract zone, which um, that's the thing that I think the Dodgers deserve the most credit for over the last five plus years is their Dodgers are being one of the smartest teams while also being one of the biggest spenders. A team like Boston should have the ability to do the same thing with their, you know, (laughs) Very, excuse me. Very big, very big fan base. Um, you know, Fenway ownership group is a big ownership group. Um, I I don't really understand why they wouldn't be able to kind of compete with some of the top. Uh, payrolls in MLB but they really don't they really haven't been they're not really been giving competitive offers to Bogarts to Mookie Betts ended up losing both of those guys it really feels like Devers might be next and it seems like a lot of that has to do with not wanting to spend the big dollars on the big names and I think that you know if you look at the science and the math behind it there is some logic to that like in reality is a guy like Bogarts gonna provide my team like you know whatever he got like almost 300 million dollars of value like probably not but like I still think that um that's the price it takes to kind of keep some big names and hopefully bring a championship back to your fans and it feels like the Red Sox are going to have a lot of trouble doing that with some of these types of moves I I think that Turner might be be able to feast off the green monster I kind of like the fit to some degree um Justin Turner playing third base every day. I'm not as sure about. Maybe he can get some DH time as well. I mean, is he going to be the full time DH actually? Because I mean, I don't know how he fits in with Devers. I assume
0: Devers, Oregon's uh, lefties.
1: Okay. Yeah, and so like, um, I could maybe see some first base in Justin Turner. Do you see that maybe happening? I
0: I, I think it. I think that's going to have to be the spot because I mean, right now, but you they, have, they they have Dalbeck, who's also a righty kind of masher. He, it's exactly, kind of interesting, and he hits well. I, I think he his splits are insane where he hits lefties incredibly well and then righties, it, it's just definitely a fallback. So I I think they definitely have some uh, some questions there. It, it's funny that it's kind of like a Dodgers reunion with this Red Sox team. You have Kike Hernandez, you have Kenley Jansen, you have Justin Turner. And then you also have—I'm forgetting the name—but he's a corner outfielder for the Red Sox. Um, um, he came over in the Mookie Betts trade.
1: I'm gonna butcher it if I don't look it up, so <laughs> I'm just not gonna.
0: Oh wait, oh Verdugo. Verdugo. I yes. thought you were
1: talking about the Japanese oh. Uh, signing. Oh
0: no, 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 no. Yeah, you know it, Verdugo. So you basically have all these guys that were a part of the let's see the twenty the twenty nineteen you know team and uh, it, it's it's just funny to kind of see them all now uh, and, and the careers are going I would say kind of I'm not going to say downhill but either their primes are out of their you know window or maybe they're just not producing like people thought they were uh, were going to so it, it's an interesting um, look right there are those players are on the Boston Red Sox the Boston Red Sox right now you know finishing in last place in the American League East um, it just seems like every other team has either gotten better or kind of stayed the same the Red Sox I would say it just doesn't feel like they got better so um I, I that, that's where I'm at with the Red Sox I I I will say this they always seem to I think always shock the world I think 2021 we all were kind of thinking the Red Sox are just a kind of a meh team and then of course they get all the way to the American League Championship Series and then last year we looked at them and I think it was the like the first the first couple months, it was just it was not good baseball, and then they just started to win, and then they were you know right behind the Yankees for the division, and they were in a prime wild card spot, and then things kind of just fell off as the season progressed. But I, I it'll be interesting really to see how this team comes out of the gates. I, I'm not even um, I'm, I'm not even too positive even on the starting pitching side. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure Chris Sale will be back. What, what, what are we going to get from Chris Sale? I don't know.
1: I I think the starting um, yeah. pitching is going to be a weakness uh, I think it's going to be they're going to so like they, they've been in an interesting spot where some of these guys that they've had in recent years Travis um, they've almost done like a hybrid role right like I mm-hmm. think that there are I'm trying to pull up like some of the guys that got serious uh, time for them last year but um, Michael
0: Walker um, Rich like, Hill got some time and,
1: and those are the guys who are kind of more true starters but they had these other guys like here I have um, where's his name Oh Garrett Whitlock. Whitlock yep. is someone Whitlock. who you would see him start games as well as relieve games. Yep. Yep. Same as Tanner Houck, he mm-hmm. would start games and also relieve games. Uh, it kind of depended on the situation, um, based on how health, how healthy their bullpen was, how healthy the rotation was. You know, I think they're going to need a lot of those guys to just be starters this year, just yeah. based yeah. on. Um, The bullpen seems somewhat strong, I'll say. I think that um, they added Chris Martin and Kenley Jansen, who are both very good additions to a bullpen, I'd say. The bullpen overall last year had some standout names as well. Um, So I do think that uh, they're going to be in a pretty decent spot. I'm just not so sure the starting rotation is going to be in a decent spot. Mm -hmm. So I can see those those types of guys that I mentioned earlier committed to the rotation. And so we'll kind of see if they're going to have the the ability to kind of stretch out games and... Uh, you know, I'm interested to see how the pitching gets handled. I'll just put it that way. And, yeah. and, and the, the batting order, the offense, I'm not super duper sold on it. We'll see how they kind of fit in. Turner with Dalbeck and some of the other guys. Um, I still feel like they're a middle infielder short. Obviously, you have Story, but I'm not sure that the other uh, person that's going to be in the middle of the field, whether it be Arroyo or someone else, is going to really be ready to contribute at a high level. We'll see how the outfield kind of pans out, but um, I think the the big story for me, Travis, you mentioned it already that the Dodgers are all coming to uh the to Boston. Also, the Red Sox players are all going to LA, and that will kind of transition <laughs> us into very true. Very JD true. Martinez is joining his former Red Sox teammate Mookie Betts with the Dodgers in Dodger blue. J.D. Martinez to the Dodgers, Travis. I heard that he took less money to be there, which is Mm. definitely interesting. Was it one year, ten million? One
0: year, ten million. Yep.
1: Just given that number there, Travis, would you rather have one year, ten million of J.D. Martinez, who could play a bit of corner outfield, but probably will be DHing for you most of the time, or a guy like Justin Turner for two years? And it wasn't quite ten million eight, or was it ten?
0: What was that Turner? It was uh, twenty-two, so eleven.
1: So you're paying more per year and. More of a long-term commitment to Justin Turner, who, an older is, guy as well. who is older and I would argue a worse hitter. Last season, Turner did still show upside, and he always has that postseason upside that yes, we, yeah. Dodger fans have come to expect. But um, I'm not so sure. I I I think it's an upgrade in my mind. If you had to pick someone as your right-handed hitter, Easily. DH type. I would probably lean on um, J.D. Martinez there. So give me your give me your thoughts when you saw that news.
0: Yeah, easily. I I was um, I know I was texting you because I was saying you know it'd be awesome to have J.D. go back to Houston. He um, under the radar started his career as a Houston Astro and then of course went on I think to the Detroit Tigers and that's where he really kind of found his spot and became that slugger. But um, going to the Dodgers being a DH, I think it's a great fit. The power really did drop last year, which is kind of a yeah. I, I I will say it's kind of a concern I know with the dead end ball and the shifts I know the power numbers and all those stat lines were probably going to go downhill but it de- definitely was a, um, a surprise 16 home runs last year still was a doubles machine 43 uh, uh, 43 doubles that is actually the most he's ever had in his career so still hitting the ball into the gap a lot um but we'll see if that slugging number can go up those all the way down to a 448 which usually this guy is north of 500 every single time but um it, it was funny i think it was like they were playing a series against the angels in i think it was like the beginning of june and i think jd martinez was like batting like 340 on fire like 340 batting average and i'm like i've never seen this batting average before and, and he only had like eight home runs and i'm like this guy has literally turned into now a contact first guy before a power guy. Uh, back in 2018, I mean, I think everyone was saying, I want J.D. Martinez as my DH. I mean, the numbers he put up in 2018, he finished fourth in the MVP voting. He basically was the Jordan Alvarez of the DH spot in the American League before Jordan came on, but um, put up some ridiculous numbers in his first couple of years with the Red Sox. Uh, but I do like the signing. I think it, it gives a good... Um, it, it, it's a very good uh perception for what the dodgers lineups trying to achieve uh i i like getting that big slugger um hopefully becomes back to a big slugger in that lineup uh as a dh and i think i, I like what noah Syndergaard said uh in a quote i think a couple days ago everything the Dodgers the dodgers touch turns to gold we'll see exactly what happens with the jd martinez deal but one year 10 million i mean how do you not uh, how do you not love that? That, that to me is, is, is spectacular better than of course, what the Red Sox are getting with, with the Jade or with the Justin Turner, uh, you know, signing a uh, older guy, worse, worse hitting numbers. Um, is he going to be a first baseman in a DH or is he going to just be a DH? Who knows? Um, it, it, will be interesting to see exactly, but two years of, of Justin Turner just kind of seems a little just icky in my mind. But one year of JD, um, is, is something I think that he'll have a, a good bounce back year as a dodger and who knows it might it might end it some, into some sort of extension with them i don't think he's a guy that we looking to flip at like the all-star Break or at the uh, trade deadline for uh for you know another addition or if a team wants jd martinez because the dodgers are in compete and win now mode uh but i love the move i, I think it's great I, I think jd is a uh over the last five years he's been one of the most dangerous designated hitters in in the league so i really like the move
1: yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that he is going to have an impact right away. Uh, it's another bat to fill out the batting order because uh, they did lose. I mean, obviously losing Justin Turner, also losing Trey Turner. Uh, they're just bats kind of leaving the team. And, you know, Bellinger, of course, wasn't great for them the last couple seasons. But still, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a good bat to help kind of reinforce things right in the middle of the order. I think he's going to give good protection for guys like Freeman and Will Smith and the, those kind of guys. So um, great signing, I think, a good value
0: um it's gonna be interesting not seeing Turner and not seeing trade both Justin and Trey in that lineup um you're gonna have you know more ABs from Lux now you're not gonna see Bellinger in that order so it's gonna be a really it's gonna be a different uh Dodgers offense next year which I'm I'm very interested interested to see how that all um plans out and all that how that all comes about uh you know we 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 expect greatness from Mookie. We expect Freddie Freeman to be you know a yeah. contact machine. I'll uh, be looking for a bounce back from Mun- Muncie too. Yes, yes, a bounce back from him. We didn't really see too much of Chris Taylor last year. I know he was sidelined with a bunch of injuries, um, but again, the Dodgers, like I said, always seem to kind of figure things out. I'm sure JD Martinez will have a great year next year, um, and we'll be talking about him uh, maybe possibly next year on our all MLB team as po- probably an honorable mention uh, or a guy that could be a finalist for a DH spot, but. Uh, where should we head to next, Alex, uh, for the uh, coverage?
1: I say we go just about two-hour drive down <laughs> the five to their divisional rival San are, are Diego. We, are we
0: talking five o'clock uh, traffic? Or are we talking, uh, you know,
1: if uh, it was five o'clock two, traffic, two a.m. If it was five o'clock traffic, we're talking that two hours becomes four or five hours. So yes, we're yeah. not talking about that. Of course, uh, their SoCal rival, San Diego Padres, have. Also had quite the offseason themselves. They, uh, since our last episode, I believe their big signings are uh, Lugo. He's going to be a starting pitcher, Seth yep. Lugo. Um, he's someone who has both been a starter and reliever for the Mets in the past few seasons. Also went out there and got Matt Carpenter. I'm interested to see how he kind of fits onto that team. I imagine there's kind of a lefty reinforcement bat. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not so sure. I think everyone knows they're not going to quite get what he was doing the first half of last season for mm-hmm. the Yankees. But if he can just be a serviceable bat, platoon, DH type, maybe some backup first base. He could even back up third base, I think, um, and a little bit of outfield. He just kind of has not great defense, but the ability to at least kind of fill in in multiple spots, yep. I'd say so um just kind of a utility uh lefty bat um you don't really know what you're going to get but uh and also not really a hitter friendly park so i can't really see him raking quite mm-hmm. like he was in in new york but what was your thoughts when you saw the carpenter deal and then we can go to lugo
0: yeah uh, you you were so right on that it, it's not a hitter friendly ballpark with petco so you go from yankee stadium to petco it's going to be quite a difference um it's funny that one year ago, Matt Carpenter was signing a minor league deal with the Texas Rangers, yep. just hopefully trying to keep something alive. Yankees pick him up, he strikes gold, has a great season, and now, of course, he's getting this deal. Um, it's a it's a two year, twelve million dollar deal, but there is an option or an opt out after year one. I think they said it's six million this year and then six million next year if he wants to extend it, but or if, if it's the club extension, I don't I don't know if it's either or, but. Um, just a great way to kind of keep his career from, you know, keep his career going on. Um, I guess now he can kind of grow out the facial hair. He won't have to have that mustache if he wants to keep the mustache good for him, but we'll see how he uh, does it. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I think it's funny and kind of weird. I just, I I, weird seeing these Yankee guys all with these, like just these caterpillar mustaches It's, it's, it's funky, but. It's kind of a cool tradition to at least have with the no facial hair. But Rodon
1: I, Ro, I, Ro, Ro had a beard last year. Yeah, right? he'll, I want, he'll I have would, a
0: mustache. Him and Nestor will look just alike. That's funny. <laughs> but I, I I I saw the deal and I just thought it to myself, they're they're basically just copying the Mets, where they're just getting depth and depth and depth and depth and, and I, I, a great pickup. I think he's going to be a first base DH option for them. um I know he plays. They they mentioned some second base and some third base. I don't I wouldn't really trust his defense at those spots because it's crucial they are maybe
1: just late game pinch hitting that kind of stuff
0: yep and so I I see him particularly just at the first base and the DH spots some outfield possibly as well if they might need him but um I I think I think it's a good move it's a good depth move from what he provided last year um it's definitely a guy you want to get now of course I don't see him having the same kind of year um the big question will be how big is that drop-off will he even be productive at all we'll see if what what he can provide there but it's fun to see a team like the Padres just going out there and getting those big names um guys that had big moments last year guys having big careers um and they keep on bringing them in and then kind of going to the Seth Lugo uh signing Alex I mean I know a lot of other teams were interested in Seth Lugo um he had great great bullpen numbers, I think the starting uh, when, when he starts games, the numbers are of course a little bit worse, um, but that's expected. Uh, so it will be interesting to see exactly how he, um, he transitions into possibly hopefully being a full time starting pitcher. Uh, I, I I can definitely say it's it's another depth piece for them. I don't know if, if he starts the season kind of poor on the starting mound or on the on, on starting pitching side. Does he move to the bullpen? What do they do there? So maybe there's kind of some flexibility here and there. It's very similar to me to the um, Michael Lorenzen signing by the Angels last year where he was a bullpen guy, really wanted to be a starting pitcher. The Angels gave him that opportunity, did pretty decent, did did a good job, Um, didn't have high strikeout numbers, but, of course, was one of kind of our more durable pitchers that went, went out there and was able to give us six innings or so. But we'll see what Seth Lugo can provide. I think the Padres already have such a strong and um talented roster that these are just more depth pieces to possibly secure um you know a championship or, or a second a second time around to get further on than the national league championship series but you love to see the mets you love to see the potteries being this aggressive now they're just almost securing all these depth guys which again is is pretty much what you need now for a championship run there's so many circumstances where injuries happen or just, just things go on throughout the season, and you just need some of these guys to pick it up. And, and, and the Padres are obviously, you know, keeping this this uh, offseason as serious as they have been for the past couple of years. So I love to see that.
1: Yeah, and I actually didn't mention it off the top, but I think they also added Pedro Severino, the catcher, to a I think it might be a minor league deal. 100%. Oh, wow! Okay, okay. But okay. it just kind of shows that they're willing to make additions all over the place. They're not going to really slow down here. They are going to keep up the spending keep up the additions they want to be a competitor they're not satisfied with a national league series uh national league championship series lost last off se- last postseason they want to do better so we'll see if they can uh do so uh charles let's keep it moving let's keep it moving how about we go back to the american league there's a few different teams who made some yep. moves for some good hitters we'll, we'll go to houston first michael branley um kind of been a good hitter throughout his career he kind of fits a specific archetype this kind of Really contact base, but has this gap power, mm-hmm. has a bit of home run power when he gets a hold of one, when he pulls one just right. But um, he's returning to Houston. He missed a lot of time last year, late in the season, missed the playoffs, still got that ring, of course. But um, give me your thoughts on Brantley. He's getting a little bit up there in age, but him and Jordan, I imagine, will be splitting time left field and DH with yep. each other, depending on who's healthier and who, you know. I just see, I see brantley not very athletic you know out mm-hmm, there anymore mm-hmm. but also i see your don out there sometimes and it looks like he's almost i remember one time he dove for a ball travis i think it was against the angels and it looked like an injury waiting to happen <laughs> and it was when he was a, on his one of his hot streaks at the plate so i almost feel like you should just protect your don's like injury risk and just dh him yes. But we'll see how they decide to do things but brantley back to houston he's been there the last several years of his career um Houston looking to run it back and win the win the the World Series again. Give me your thoughts on that deal.
0: Yeah, I you don't want to lose a guy like Jordan and and uh. And actually, I was very impressed with him last year in the postseason, playing a lot of left field. Uh, he looked good out there. I I, I really thought he was just going to be, um, you know his arm and speed are not bad slow and you know, not really give too much, too much of an effort, but he knows how to play that, uh, that ballpark, especially with that short porch. And, and his arm is actually really impressive. So, uh, did not mind seeing him out there. And I probably will see him a lot more in left field this season because Brantley, of course, coming back, but Michael Brantley, uh, he's, he's been such a big contributor for that team for the past couple of seasons. When he came in in 2019, I think that was, that was definitely his best season. Um, Possibly of his career, but with the Houston Astros, I mean, 40 doubles, 20 plus home runs, uh, 875 OPS. That that was just a guy for you know being a, just a, a slap hitting left fielder that they got from from Cleveland, and he really provided the pop and the power. But uh, bringing him back, I, I'm again, I'm expecting him to be contact first. Again, like you said, some gap power. Only 64 games last year. Uh, 14 doubles, um, still was able to bat 288 with a 370 on base. Um, So we can definitely expect I think the the average and the on base to be kind of where they're at always a 300 hitter and always around a 360 to a 370 on base type of guy does not walk a whole ton, but doesn't strike out a whole ton as well. Uh, And the power, of course, uh, is something that he does not provide. But when you got a lineup like Houston, you got Bregman, you got Altuve, you got Jordan, You got Tucker, you have so many other guys that will provide the slugging. Um, Dusty will have a it'll be interesting to see how he constructs this lineup, Alex. I know he's probably not having tucker bat second i feel like i could see brantley sliding into the two hole now and and you're exactly right it's i think it's going to be tucker going to like the six hole which we both know he should be batting higher in that lineup he would be uh two three four hitter on a lot of mlb teams but tucker might have to move a little bit back we'll see exactly how that is all constructed but they get their uh, their left fielder DH back on on the twelve million dollars for one year. I'm expecting it to be a good year and a good deal. Um, I, I think Brantley still has some things left in the tank to uh, to be you know productive at least at the plate. So uh, good deal bringing him back, kind of like the Dodgers deal. I, I'm, I'm expecting good things out of that thing as well. Especially when you got a lineup like that, you can get the bare minimum from Brantley and it's still going to be you know good enough. So there's really no pressure on anybody.
1: Agreed, yeah. And I think that um, we can transition now to almost a polar opposite type of outfielder. That's going to be Joey Gallo. The contact not quite uh, as good as Brantley's. The defense is going to be better. And the powers, obviously, the claim to fame. If yep. you could if you could somehow combine Brantley and Gallo's <laughs> the best of the best of both worlds in the one player, you get a pretty special outfielder, left-handed bat. But um Gallo will be, of course, going to the Minnesota Twins, Travis. I believe it was a one
0: year deal, but one year eleven mil.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good payday for basically Gallo. Justin Turner money. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good payday considering there's definitely some uncertainty to put it uh to put it I guess nicely uh, about what he's going to be able to bring to the table going forwards um obviously Yankees fans were completely fed up with him I always kind of believed there was some upside there came to the Dodgers showed some good flashes at the end of the day was not an impactful player down the stretch or in the postseason for them wasn't really you know starting big games or anything like that so uh, overall I would expect Gallo to I would I assume that he's going to be a full-timer there in Minnesota. Yep. Definitely the plan to start the season. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to put him in like left or right, but obviously boxing you expect to be in center. Um, I think that Gallo still has a lot to prove. I think um, he's going to benefit probably from being in the central. I think it's kind of a good spot for him. Uh, it kind of makes sense to me. Some of the pitching maybe against teams like the Royals, um, not to pick on them, but they just came to my head as a team with maybe some weak starting pitching. Yeah. But yeah. I I do think that there's going to be some AL Central teams he's going to be able to kind of feast on. Maybe the Tigers as well, even though their ballpark is uh, not great for hitters. I do think that there's a lot uh, to like about the fit there with Gallo. Um, Minnesota has this kind of bomber reputation, right? Just like these big sluggers. Yeah. Uh, we, we know that in 2019 they set the record for most home runs by a regular season team. Um, they like to see the power bats. It, he there's some, some some similarities between Gallo and Sano for me. Just these guys with really low contact, really high power. When they're on a cold streak, it's almost like you can't even start these guys because they're just striking out like yeah. you know three four times a game. But if they're hot, they're hitting like you know two home runs a game. And it's like this guy is like I gotta get him in fantasy right now. Mm-hmm. How do I get him in my team? So give me your thoughts on the Gallo deal and do you think he kind of. Uh, gets back into a groove in minnesota or are we expecting him to be the yankee he was last year
0: i i could definitely see him getting back into a groove i think um i think i said it last year before minnesota is probably a a lot more friendlier place to play than new york um the fans probably chewing him out a bit less yes yes definitely a bit less but um one one big thing alex is there's no there's not going to be a shift next year the infield will not be able to be shifted so i expect joey Gallo's hitting numbers to go up I would take that to the bank. I think he'll have a better hitting season this next year than he did last year. So Twins fans, I I think that's one thing I can definitely promise you. Um, He's still an all-star type of uh, outfielder with the defense and the arm. uh, Very versatile, can play different spots as well. I know he's played some third base and some first base, so he can kind of go all over the place. Um, The big thing, of course, is going to be the hitting where that kind of all stands Um, I, again, I, I'm, I'm not at all going to be confident. He's going to bat over 250. He's just going to be that lower 200 hitter and that's expected, but his slugging will be pretty good and pretty high. He will, you know, pop out hopefully 30 to 40 home runs if it's on a good year. But, uh, it's, it's an interesting lineup by the twins. I'm looking at kind of their, their other, you know, notable players. You pointed out Sano does not have a good batting average, does not have a good on base uh percentage as well same thing with buxton buxton is a guy that has a very low batting average and on base but the slugging is very good uh surprisingly good some seasons as well but then you have uh and then of course going to gallo same kind of thing bad batting average bad on base good slugging um but then you get then you get guys like christian vasquez who are just contact only as, you know a 290 uh batting average for a catcher you know it, as it,
1: well as a rise it, it's very like yes it's uh the it's, first wave arise it, it's it's like
0: the exact opposite type of players on their team they, are we mesh together so
1: I think they like these power guys, but they say, if we can't just go all power, no contact, so we're throwing like these couple slap hitters just to kind of keep the Mm -hmm. hitters, Mm -hmm. to keep the pitchers guessing. And it's a funny strategy. We'll see how it works. But they haven't really filled the Correa void, right, in my mind.
0: No, they did Um, not. So I'm
1: not really sure if I can expect too much from them this year. Um, If Buxton's fully healthy all year, then that kind of fills the cray oh, void because that, that's Buxton, an eight,
0: eight war player Buxton right will
1: be able to put up monstrous yep. numbers even on even if his hitting is just so so the defense is going to be amazing uh and the power is always uh super sneaky so um we'll see what the twins become i'm not super high on them i'm not super high on the al central as no. a whole i'd say it's um, it's
0: the white Sox and the guardians are probably going to be fighting it out for that spot i again there could be a sleeper team i don't know but it, it just seems like a division that's not 100% up for the grabs. But well, what we saw in the postseason last year, the Guardians are a uh, are, are a dangerous team where they can get cooking.
1: Yeah, Travis, you're kind of mentioning here, um, you know, the you said it's going to be a, a fight between, uh, what was it, the Guardians and the White Sox? Yes. Well, I am warning you that uh, Jordan Lyles just got sent over to the Royals, so it might be game over for your theory. That might Lyles
0: change. and Yarbrough. Oh, that's that's a that's a one-two punch right there for any, any face.
1: I will say, Travis, there's definitely something to like about uh, Lyles, but I I just I just wanted to poke fun at the Royals. I'm sorry <laughs> if any Royals fans out there. Um, I just think their rotation is not going to be great. Even though I do like Singer. Um, and Lyle's definitely has upside too.
0: Wasn't it like, I mean, I think we, we covered it last year in the season, like midway. And it was, we were looking at their like ERA as a team. And it was just, it was, there were some numbers that were just atrocious.
1: There was numbers, Travis, that were just making my jaw drop. It was things like, like the, like if you took like the ERA plus, like the ERA number, I think it was the ERA plus numbers for like every team ever since like, like the, like the dead ball era or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and look at the ERA plus from like every team, every single season. They were like bottom ten, like just like yeah, of yeah. all time. Those are just crazy numbers, but um, yeah, I'm not super hopeful on that front. But moving over, Travis, let's keep the ball rolling on some other teams here. Let's go to um, let's go to the Angels. They mm-hmm. did just get uh, Brandon Drury yesterday. I don't really know exactly where they're gonna play him. I think what makes the most sense would be second base, but in my mind. Um, I, first of all, I do like the deal. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, he earned a two-year deal. I think it makes sense. And the AAV is nothing crazy, right? It's about like seven or eight.
0: Eight, eight and a half, yeah.
1: So that's that's definitely, I think, a very manageable number for the Angels front office. Um, and Drew, got his two-year deal. I also read that he and his dad were like Angel fans when he was growing up. So, you know, um, that's always a story that you kind of, when it comes out, it's like, oh, that's good. I mean, I think I, think I actually heard that he might have taken – A bit of a pay cut, or at least gave some favoritism into the Angels in the negotiation process. So
0: a guy that wants to be here, which is always good to see, you know. It
1: is always it is always good to see, and uh, I mean, the Angels are kind of in a funny spot because I think some guys want to come here for like vacation because it's like Orange County. (laughs) Yeah. For those that don't know, Orange County is very like you know it's close to the beach. You're next to Newport. It's a nice area. You can go out at night, and you know there's stuff to do. And it's not going to
0: be twenty below. It's going to be good weather all the time.
1: (laughs) Um, but there's guys who want to be here because they like the Angels team. I think Drury hopefully fits that build. I heard Tyler Anderson was in the same boat. He said something about um, other teams gave him three-year deal offers, but he thinks the Angels are building towards something. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad that Perry Manassi and GM's able to win over some of these guys. But Drury Travis, in my mind, the only criticism is a little redundant with Urshela. I think yes. I think they fit a very similar role. Right-handed bat, both probably going to see some time, at maybe corner infield is where like there's a natural fit there. Maybe platooning with Walsh, um, also backing up for Rendon if Rendon does get another injury, which has happened in consecutive seasons now. Um, both I think have the ability to play some middle infield if needed. Specifically, Urshela has a bit of history with shortstop, and Drew has a bit of history at second base. So interested to see how they kind of. Um, align these guys but at the end of the day travis the biggest weakness for the angels last season the number one thing i wish they would address was the depth yeah. i think they consistently failed to add impactful backups impactful bench hitters when everyone was healthy travis i liked the team last year still even though mm-hmm. they had a losing record mm-hmm. when it when you had when you had ward trout otani rendon when you had um the depth there with walsh hitting well when you had let's just say you had adele and Stassi that was never the team though the yeah. team always had injuries here and there
0: guys just weren't performing at the certain times and
1: yeah yeah and and you know Fletcher went down for a long time uh we had to rely on uh Andrew Velasquez Tyler Wade a lot had to rely on a lot of triple layers quite a bit you know Stefanik got lots of ABs guys like McKinnon we had to bring in guys that were Jack pretty Mayfield Jack Mayfield who got a lot of time, even in the outfield. And then we, we had guys like um Don't John, just, I, I, Jonathan Villar and Juan Lagarus. These are guys who <laughs> had some good years in their past, but um they were just up for they were just free yeah. to take because no team wanted them. They were just free agents, mm-hmm. and so we signed them, and and they didn't uh, put anything of, of much value. So I think the biggest takeaway for me, Travis, is we have added some substantial options here to where now our depth is guys like Adele. Maniac, maybe Urshela might even be on the bench some days or Walsh be on the bench some days. So the guys who are the starters that we hope were in the lineup every day last year and we're crossing our fingers, don't get hurt. Now, those guys are the reinforcements because we have guys like Urshela, Drury probably getting a lot of starts here, um, Renfro in the outfield. So how did you feel this Drury piece kind of affects the Angels for next season? Um, I seem like you agree that they're kind of similar with Urshela, um, Gio Urshela but I still think that I'm okay with it just because even though I would have liked maybe a lefty infield bat or maybe mm-hmm. a little I would have made them you know there's maybe a little bit better of a guy to target maybe but I I just I cannot complain adding depth to this team that so desperately needed it last year
0: 100% agree I before the I think when the offseason started I was very high on acquiring Brandon Drury I wanted them to acquire him first um they went after Rochella which again is a very similar type of player plays a bunch of infield spots the numbers are very similar as well I could see both um, getting
1: time in outfield just to throw it out there as well yes
0: yes exactly um I, I like you mentioned depth is such a huge piece it, it gives everybody the reassurance that hey if somebody goes down we have two guys ready to fill that spot I mean right now I think we we literally are carrying it's almost like four to five third basemen. I mean you literally have Fletcher Renhifo uh, Urshela Drury, if and Rendon gets
1: if Rendon gets hurt, we <laughs> you, have insurance this you, year.
0: You, you don't have Matt Duffy, you don't have uh, you know, Matt Thice, you don't have guys scrambling to go to these spots, and then you gotta acquire guys that are, you know, have not been on a major league team for a couple months because they're just floating around um as free agents and you pick them up, and then it's like, go perform for us. We're in it we're in the you know, the the heat of the playoff race, and, and we gotta, you know, win some games here and there, but um, I, I love all these death pieces. I, I will say it's going to be fun. Hopefully Nevin is using some of these guys for the matchups when there is a lefty starting pitcher one day, I, hopefully he goes with the best lineup, best infield that can attack a lefty, uh, starting pitcher, you know, first base, you're probably looking at like, I like Drury or um, you're looking at a guy like Urshela um, and then Drury playing second base. I know Hifo hits lefties very well, and then Rendon over at third. And then against righties, maybe something a little bit different. You can kind of switch things up here and there. But um, it, it's it's going to be exciting, I think, to get a lot of these guys with their depth pieces. And then if you want to, you can bring in some of the other uh, great gloves like Fletcher, or um, even uh, Soto to you know finish out the games to you know give your club you know an extra boost on the defensive end. So it, I think Nevin's going to have a good time you know adjusting to these rosters based on the uh, based on the situation and based on the starting pitchers that he's going to have to face. Um, but again, I, I I I so far like the move so far this season. I, I know um, I know Perry the GM is not done yet. I know they're still looking for bullpen help um I, I honestly I would not be even surprised that they were to try and go out there and even get another infielder perhaps maybe like I, I know we've been saying Elvis Andrews for so much but even getting an Elvis Andrews for a shortstop position and then of course you're not paying him a lot of money most likely and then of course you add even more depth for that infield And now you have so many other guys you can move around that, that would be actually really fun to kind of see but um getting an outfield that is so secure with with Renfro Ward and Trout I think I shared it with you a couple episodes ago but last year if you combine all those guys OPS plus numbers it's a 146 OPS plus so you already have a very talented outfield much much better than last year when you were running out Marsh and Adele and Trout Trout was performing Adele and Marsh were just striking out a ton were not performing their OPS and OPS plus numbers were just nothing to be impressed about so now you have three guys that are proven three guys that uh, that have shown you know all-star type of play so it'll be fun at least right there. And then, of course, the depth in the infield to move around um, would be good as well. I think even Perry mentioned that, you know, he, he's even looking at Rendon to get a lot of days off to kind of, you know, give him the rest that he needs. So you're going to see your shell Drury probably playing a lot of third base at times as well. Not not for huge chunks. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the Angels in the organization want to get 130 games out of Rendon. But, you know. Sunday games, day games where it's hot, you might need to rest them. You might need to get other guys, you know, on the field and play them. But it, it, I will say it's gonna be a lot more exciting to see these guys playing when our stars are resting. And these guys are already veteran great ball players that we can already trust in. And we're not throwing out minor league ball players out there to hopefully produce and get the big hit. So I, I will I, I think I'm really excited on that part that they're uh, that they're addressing. And I think that on the pitching side, there's still some more work to be done. I'm I'm certain they're gonna go after Uh, another bullpen piece maybe even another starting pitching piece so uh, I mean so far the depth a plus work for the depth part I know Perry was highly critical on himself in the offseason before when the season ended that uh, that he needed to basically um, take over and secure you know more of a depth piece if if you sign Correa and you know that's it and then let's just say Rendon goes hurt again let's just say Correa you know for the past couple seasons he's had some nagging you know 40 game IL stints where he's not playing for a month Imagine if you sign him like that and then you basically you lose Rendon, you lose a couple other guys and then you have the same problem again. You're basically going after and getting minor leaguers or guys from the free agency to come in and, and platoon for a couple of months. And it's just kind of like, all right, now we're basically spending so much money on one guy. He's out. We don't have anyone else. I love the philosophy of so many of these guys can play so many different spots. And that's always so huge. I, I think the Dodgers. um, I think it was the dodgers like you know when when they were uh when they when they won the world series in 2020 um i mean muncie kike um even even mookie chris taylor chris taylor and and cody bellinger you have so many guys that can play so many spots infield and outfield so there's not a worry at all if a guy goes down you can move guys here or there so i think that's huge for a team is having uh uh, a lineup and 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 a roster that is not just, you know, used to playing one spot, one 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 primary position. They have so many different secondaries, which I think is 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 it's not bad to have. It's 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 uh it's a bright spot so far.
1: Exactly. The flexibility is a huge plus in my book as well. Um I also love what they have done this off season uh overall just kind of um you know, tempering expectations don't want to jump the gun and say that we're oh we're playoff bound boom yeah. because we've thought that in years past and it hasn't come to, to come to be but I, I will say this uh i like that it feels like the general manager perry manassian who this is his first gm gig uh as a, with the angels here um and he is what is it now his third off season second
0: third he came in after 2020 so um this will be his third offseason yeah once this is complete his third yeah
1: it feels like in my mind at least he's kind of learning from some mistakes i think last year even though i do not pin all last year on him because there's lots of injuries and i didn't like you know a lot of things that madden did um obviously there was issues after madden left too so Mm -hmm. it kind of leaves you with, with you know who's to blame probably a little bit of everybody but um, I do think that one thing he's learning from is he blamed himself for the lack of depth, I think, and he kind of thought that the pitching was the big issue. He went and got Syndergaard and Lorenzen and drafted like twenty pitchers in twenty spot and twenty uh, you know draft yep. slots in, yep. in the draft. He really focused on pitching, 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 and he said that our offense is already good. We'll just kind of sign Tyler Wade, Andrew Velasquez, Kurt Suzuki, and just kind of say um let's just kind of hope that the pitching bounces back and the hitting is still ends up being good but it did a flip-flop last year where our pitching was i think pretty solid i think yeah. i looked it up today and actually i think they had the ninth best era in all of baseball last year as a team eighth, wow. eighth best era plus so if you do, that, if you just do that again this year had to be hats off, um, and then we just need the bats. The bats that kind of bounce back, which the bats were pretty weak last year, especially after Trout got hurt.
0: I mean, the the five through nine in the lineup, Alex, was I mean, all time bad. I, I, I think I, I think you look at some of those numbers. It was I mean the hitting lines were atrocious. I mean the on base and the slugging was just god awful. I think the the war was in the negatives. It was just it was hurting the team more than it was helping the team. And it just made pitchers go out there and say, okay, get through Ward, Trout, Otani. And, you know, you have kind of a, you have a hurt Rendon, and then you basically are free for the next five hitters. And you can kind of, you know, pump fastballs or, you know, not not have to focus, I guess, too much on on those guys, because you, you know it's going to be a pop out or a strikeout. So it, it's, I, I love the bottom of the order now it's just almost crazy that you can have a guy like Brandon Drury or Rochella you're gonna be batting six and seven or eight and you know these guys are you know these guys are batting middle of the order you know Rochella is batting you know middle of the order or six or fifth on the on the Minnesota Twins. Drury was batting you know in the uh, in the two hole for the Padres or even in the five or six hole for the uh, for the Padres in, in those postseason games so uh, it's it's good to see these guys um, are gonna be paying you know batting around Trout and in and, and, it's going to make it much harder for starting pitching to get through this lineup.
1: Agreed. I think that the enforcements um, it'll give that much more protection for guys like Otani and Trout, uh, which I think that that's a, almost a big factor. I, I've been saying I kind of wish we'd add another lefty, um, especially if Walsh is not able to kind of be an everyday guy, yep. because then it's just Otani and you know who else? Like you have Moniak, but he's probably not going to be in the middle of the order. Um, but I will say that it's good to have a bunch of righties behind Otani, because then they probably can't just switch to a lefty for Otani. So mm-hmm. it might help Otani splits, or it might help his. He'll face more righty pitchers, I think, because he's going to have Drury, Renfro kind of guys behind him, guys who probably are going to do well against hitting lefties. So um, it, it might help. Uh, you know, I think lineup construction is going to be kind of key. You can get a lot more out of maybe Trout and Otani if you kind of you know stack things well with uh, righty sluggers behind Shohei. I think it could be very very nice and, and the big takeaway for me is urshela and renfro and um Andrew, we are going to be taking at bats from tyler wade from matt duffy from uh either joe del brandon marsh so i think that overall those kind of upgrades are going to really uh, help the order out a ton also hoping for getting more from logan ohapi not sure if he'll start the season with the team but definitely will i'm sure be in the big at some point next season um, as a catcher uh, actually fangraph steamer is their projection system that they kind of come out with he's projected to have quite a good offensive season next year they already think he's kind of ready for the bigs but mm-hmm. we'll see if the angels play it slow um travis any other big signings we have to talk about
0: nothing else i mean i that that was on my list i wanted to cover um i'm i'm certain things might start to kind of die down now because of the holiday season we probably won't see too many guys um signing on you know Onto new teams until probably after the new year but just to cover some of the you know free agents kind of left we're still waiting on you know trey mancini and gene segura to find homes um i know angels were linked to segura for you know a couple of weeks i felt like just because they needed a guy that was going to be you know contact and uh, play a middle infield primarily second base i don't think he's going to be a shortstop ever again i I was hoping if the angels did get him it would be for second base only but then you kind of lose that versatility and and lose that uh you know lose that player that could be a good depth piece if he's only playing just second base
1: I I wrote down here a question that I was going to ask you, but I can't anymore. Well, I I still could, but I I wrote down Segura or Andrews. Who would you prefer? Uh But we have Drury now, so I feel like it's not a it's not real doubt we're going to get one of the other two guys. But I just kind of doubt we add like our third infielder, utility man, right-handed hitter. Of the offseason. Unless I think it's it
0: was- for $4 million, then yeah.
1: Yeah, if, if we do add someone else, I, I would I would expect it to be a lefty probably. But, you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then guys left on the outfield and, and DH spots. You still have Michael Conforto. I know some teams are linked to him. I yes. think I saw Red Sox were, were possibly linked. Some other contenders were linked just because they want to see what they can get from him. He'll both most likely be getting a one-year deal because he has basically not picked up a baseball bat. I shouldn't say has not picked up a baseball bat, but has not played in a major league game since, uh, I think, until 2021 when he left the Mets um and then also jerks and pro far he is an outfielder but i know he's had a lot of time playing infield spots he played some third base and first base for the padres i think also some second base but he was a corner outfielder for them so another interesting guy that could be uh, a great addition for a depth piece for a championship ball club i think that there's still some nice things to like i I think he was the one that he had a monster wildcard series didn't he i think he had a a couple home runs or so i know i I know it's trent grisham but i could have sworn i think i saw pro far um Either take Degrom or, or Scherzer deep in one of those uh, wild card games, but he's left on the market. And then you got the starting pitching. You got a couple of young guys or younger guys, and you got a couple of old guys on the starting pitching. Corey Kluber, Johnny Cueto. Um, Cueto kind of had a uh, really nice season last year. I, I know it's probably not going to be the same this this coming season if he were to sign with a team. But he was actually uh, pretty productive last year when he signed with the White Sox. Kind of was that that spark they needed to. I, I not say get going, but just kind of stay afloat and, and to keep some of these guys with the injuries they were dealing with to, to you know, c- keep that team afloat. And then you got Corey Kluber, who last year was with the Rays. Um, Alex, I, I, you know, I feel like if, if you go to the Rays, you should be figuring it out. You should be being productive. Kluber at moments was productive, but he did not have, of course, Kluber seasons that we've seen in the past. Those days are over. I, I'm interested to see where Corey Kluber would end up going if he would just be a. know a guy like for the angels where they're looking for that sixth starting pitcher someone that could possibly get something out of this year but um again 37 years old i don't know what some teams will be looking at for him and then you got michael waka who had a really nice season last year with the boston red sox and nathan nivaldi who of course you know for the past couple years he's been he's been getting some cy young votes he had a really strong 2021 uh was top five in cy young and then last year of course had again good good numbers uh, and I think he's a guy that a lot of teams would like to have for a right-handed pitcher. What do you what do you see on some of these starting pitchers in this market? I mean, I know for an Angels fan, I've been saying I really want them to go after a Nathan Eovaldi. I think it would make that rotation that much better to have a flamethrower um, somewhere in the middle of that rotation. You wouldn't have to depend on Suarez and Detmers to kind of carry the load that much. You'd have Eovaldi with Patrick Sandoval, Tyler Anderson, and Shohei Otani. I think that'd be a very good four. Um, four piece for that rotation uh but what, what do you see with the starting pitching
1: yeah so i think evaldi is the best upside of the bunch that you mentioned i, I obviously he's um a bit more in the prime of his career maybe had his best season a couple of years ago uh there's an argument to say but i do think that um there's um a lot to like with Evaldi, but I think on value, just how much you're gonna get per dollar, I think the sneaky guy of the group, I, in my opinion, is actually Corey Kluber. I think that he probably won't cost that much, no. Um, especially if you're an attractive destination, either if you're gonna win now or if maybe you're like in Orange, could be like six or, million. Yeah. Maybe if you're in Orange County and if he wants to <laughs> enjoy the weather. Yes, but, yeah. um, I, I do think that there's some really good behind the scenes numbers. He is a really he's a very solid stuff plus location plus numbers. Those are just stats based on. Um, not results not with how the ball how the bat hits the ball it's all based on how the pitches are moving how the spin is and how the ball is being located uh i think there's lots of upside there in what he's gonna be able to do on his next team um so i actually would be very interested in him becoming an angel be like our fifth guy in the rotation fourth fifth guy yep. get a lot out of him i think uh every you know once a week um so I, i'm actually interested in him i think he might have a good season and like you said what we saw of his days in Cleveland that won't be coming back. I don't see any two-time Cy Young, you know, in his future. But um, I, I do think that uh, there will be serious uh, value as a starting pitcher, um, you know, on a rot- on a MLB, you know, competitive team's rotation. I'll put mm-hmm. it I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. And I don't think it'll be that expensive, right? So no, th- that's I, why I highlight him.
0: Not at all. I mean, looking back, there actually was some impressive numbers from last year. I know it was a four. Uh, a 434 ERA which is not terrible if you're on the you know if you're the fifth guy for rotation that's kind of the exact number you're going to be around you just don't want to have a guy that's north of a five which we've seen so many angels starting pitchers have ERAs that are just atrocious and then they're there are fifth guy and you're basically looking at a loss when he comes to the mound but was able to start 31 games last year so um accomplished 164 innings so did actually carry a lot of the workload for that rotation I know they had tons and tons of injuries last year the Rays did but then looking at the FIP Alex uh, a 3.57 FIP that that's still year, right? that's yeah. still really impressive I mean you look at some of his best years I mean I know they're down the twos but when he was still you know winning his Cy Youngs with the Cleveland Indians he was he was around like a 3-3-0 uh, FIP which I mean now you're basically looking at almost a Point three uh increase in last season and, and that's not terrible especially if right. you're going to get him for i know he's going to sign a one-year deal um and you're going to get him for like i said six to probably eight million dollars it'd be actually a really nice pick to uh to go after and and just secure a a later in the rotation kind of move but oh,
1: also uh we're fans of the angels famously have four <laughs> left-handed starting pitchers yes. if the season started today they would have tyler anderson Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers, Jose Suarez. Getting one more righty in the mix might benefit them. I don't think it's like it's not end of the world
0: in okay. my opinion. I, it, I was going to ask you what what your thoughts are because I'm I'm a little worried just because I I just think that you can go into a series and teams would just be like, I mean you break have out the righties. You have th- yeah, you, I mean th- three of those four are are tremendous starting pitchers with with you know experience or just the upside suarez had a really nice year as well but i just worry if you go into a series you might be looking at like okay you got to face three to four right or lefties and it's like all right righty bats all the way through or i i don't know you know i, I i'm a little concerned on that part so I, I wanted to see what you thought about that
1: yeah i think as long as you have good righties out of the pen which i think the angels uh, will probably have I, I do like her get to some other guys um and then on the, on the days when you need to go back to a lefty um you have loop and a Quijada. i think that there's lots of upside in the angels pen um as it, long it's as, a
0: nice pen you know
1: I, I, it's, it's versatile i think i think they'll continue to add on the pen so because of that i think that the having lefty starters won't be the end of the world, especially because the only real difference will be if, if there are some teams out there that just really mash lefties compared to righties. You know, there are some teams that just kind of stack righty hitters. Like I, I think of I think of Toronto Blue Jays. I think of St. Louis Cardinals, um, teams that just have multiple players that are famously really good against lefty pitchers. So for those teams, you might struggle in a series. I, I do agree, but I think that at the end of the day, um, they will be able to play the numbers. Um... I think they'll be able to match up well with you know whoever uh mm-hmm. they might be going up against in the series i i'm all for adding another right into the mix um to help kind of balance things out but i'm not of the mindset that like it's this major problem that needs to be addressed or else we're screwed yeah, so yeah that's where i'm at
0: I, I think i think evaldi puts them at a at a really good level it would if
1: if they want to give out that money then that would be the best addition left
0: they they would they would be looking really nice with the rotation and then of course with just these uh, other guys like kluber and and cueto um you're gonna get really friendly contracts because they're probably again only signing for one year one year not uh not a ton in the uh in the department of spending but uh evalde will of course be looking for probably you know that t- three to four year deal and then i can see him getting around like 15 million or, or so or even higher um for aav reasons but last on the starting or last on the free agents available we still have a uh, left-handed pitcher taylor rogers still available who a couple years ago was one of the, I mean he he was a he was an under the radar closer for the Twins. He had some really nice numbers. Uh you I had, know
1: it. I I, I had him in fantasy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he was he was great. And 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 you got Chad Green still available who is uh you know, he's he's been the Yankees pen for so long but he is a free agent. And then of course, 35-year-old Craig Kimbrell, who uh, we we've just seen up and down seasons from him. I I I think he had um was either it wasn't the wasn't the white Sox, but the cubs he had a really good he, he had some good numbers with the cubs when he got brought on i think in like 2021 when they when they brought him in or something like yeah, that. yeah in
1: 2019 he joined the cubs and was like terrible yes and yep. then in 2021 i think the first half he was really good was it correct and, and yeah. then he got traded Thir- For 30, Nick
0: Madrigal 36,
1: to the White Sox.
0: 36 innings in 2021 with the Cubs and a 0. .49 ERA. So he was old Kimbrel of the past. And,
1: and then got traded to the White Sox. And, and did then got not, a
0: 5 ERA with the White Sox. Did not
1: fit in with the non— everyday closer type role yeah. was not amazing with the Dodgers last season had his good moments but had lots of questionable outings so much so that they did not even include him on their postseason roster they said we have you know 10 or so bullpen arms we like better than you at the moment so they left him off the team that really that, that alone travis when a team like the Dodgers who's smart knows what they're doing trying to win the world series not trying to they're not going to afraid to hurt someone's feelings yep. when they say we're not taking you on our postseason roster it really makes me think what is a team going to offer this guy what mm-hmm. is his contract going to look like look like next year i mean i could see him trying to get like a multiple year deal maybe for a team that's not really going to make the postseason but they're going to give him the everyday closure spot so we can rack up some more saves he is climbing that all-time leaderboard so
0: 94 yeah
1: i i do wonder where he'll end up on that but i mean I, I i i don't know where he's gonna land if he wants to be on a winner and try to contribute um, might be harder to kind of keep a closer job if that's what his goal is. So I don't know where he'll land, honestly. And, and some of the other relievers you said, I would almost prefer, even though they don't have the name, Taylor Rogers, I think there's more upside there. Probably. Um, you know, I, I feel like Kimbrel, mm-hmm. we all know his best days are past. I mean, cause he's 35 and has a hall of fame career yep. if you, if you like closers in the hall. But, um, I, I do think that, um, there is still, um, there's still something in the tank, but I'm just not super hopeful, Uh, about what kind of contract he might get next and it's going to be worth it
0: very true and i i think that that kind of hurts him when he when he i think he's made statements that he said that he wants to be a closer that he only wants to go to a team that's going to use him as a closer so some teams are kind of looking at that as like you know like the angels we don't we don't necessarily want to have one guy. We want, we want to have the situation, and then we want to put the best guy to go in there to face that situation. Um, if you have a bunch of lefties in, uh, you know, the ninth inning, and you bring in Kimbrel, you know, that righty-lefty matchup might not be pretty good. You might bring in maybe a, a pitcher like Loop to uh, to finish the job or someone else. But Kihata. Uh, but it's 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 going to be an interesting you know negotiation process. I I'm really 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 uh, you know. I I am interested to see what he gets, or if he's going to get a multi-year deal or just one year. It's funny how you I mean, like you said, you look back at 2021 with the Cubs, and he was electric. I mean, it was insane the numbers he was putting up. Then gets traded, about 20 miles south, (laughs) he just looks absolutely awful. But uh those are all the free agents i guess notables that are left out there there's still some other names there's still some names in the in the trade uh you know market brian and reynolds has not been traded just just yet i know he i had a,
1: I had a little game for you travis oh, I, here
0: we go yep i was waiting for that i think yeah.
1: i think everyone all the listeners know that i i'm just in a, in a funny mood recently I just like to give travis these little games that i make up but
0: the price is right
1: yeah he, here's the game today travis the dust is kind of settling on free agency. Most of the big names are off the table. They are. Yep. A lot of the trade names are also off the table, but there's still some big moves that could be made. One of the biggest moves that could still happen would be Brian Reynolds. Uh, if I had to bet money, I'd probably bet he starts the season with the Pirates until they really get like lo- a, it a desperate... It looks that way now, yeah. They might get a desperate team in the middle of the season to overpay, or maybe not even overpay, but just, just pay a big, hefty mm-hmm. price. But... Let's just say he does get traded. Which team do you think needs to make the splash for him? Not who do you think is going to do it, but which team really needs to address something? Maybe they didn't have a great uh, offseason so far. Maybe they just have a hole in center. Who do you think should make this deal?
0: I was going to say the Blue Jays, but I know they acquired Kiermaier. Um, They could definitely use a guy like him uh, to, 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 you know, go out there and play that outfield defense or you know what you play in the outfield you know I mean there's just so many teams that would love to have a guy like that I mean even of course. I, I mean I, I would love to see him on Houston I mean <laughs> the Houston Astros with him in center field I just can't I don't even want to imagine that lineup I mean that lineup would be insane um, but I guess I will you know, I think I've been saying it for a while, but I, I will say the Dodgers. I I don't know why I feel like he he could land himself in LA as the Dodgers center fielder just because you know I think right now you're looking at and they 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 signed Jason Hayward to a uh, to a minor league deal, but I don't know he doesn't he's not going to play any center field, so I'm assuming they're just going to have Trace Thompson and center field, probably maybe even use Chris Taylor out there. I'm I i do not think Mookie's going to at all play any center maybe field. Maybe Lux too. Who knows? You're right, Lux as well. But it just seems like they don't have that. Um, that center fielder presence right there, and they're, they're a team that has the prospects and have the players to give up to the Pittsburgh Pirates to acquire a guy like him. So, I mean, man, if you went to the Dodgers, that then that roster looks completely different, and and you you cover Cody Bellinger's spot completely with great defense, way better hitting. Um, I think that would take that team to almost the next level, and it'd be really fun to see him go to the Dodgers after the off season that we've ha- that we've seen the Padres have. The Padres have been so aggressive and the Dodgers just kind of sitting back getting a guy like Reynolds who's cheap he's not a lot of money because he you know he's he's not really earned that big free agency contract yet but I I still would think that the Dodgers would be the best place for both parties I think they both could really thrive with him
1: yeah I I, I like that idea my my number one uh, pick the team that I think um, needs to make another move in order to go over the top, and mm-hmm. this is not obvious. Like they could still win it all with who they have now. But I think the Yankees could really use a Brian Reynolds in center field. They do have Bader, so maybe Reynolds slides over to, to left field, mm-hmm. or maybe Bader becomes a part time player. Not sure exactly, but um, I, I I'm,
0: and I'm assuming because I, I think yeah, Judge will just secure right. And, yeah. And then maybe I mean,
1: Bader in center. Yeah. Stanton maybe full time DH, DH instead of yep. flirting with the corners. Um, so you do have in, in this situation, you would have probably Reynolds in left. But I do think his bat would definitely slot into like maybe he could be a leadoff hitter type, maybe before Judge second, Rizzo third, Stan four, something like that, uh Glaber fifth. I think that he really rounds it out. Uh having a switch hitter towards the top of a lineup that's mostly righties is probably gonna be really good um stolen base threat as well uh to some extent at least um plus defender i think so i I think there's a good fit there i think the yankees are a team where their lineup
0: you could have 40 home runs
1: (laughs) i mean if he if he can if he can really master that short porch then definitely I, i think that the yankees are a team who as it stands should be considered one of the best teams in the american league easily but i still think that to compete with houston to even compete with teams like Toronto that are trying to swing up at the Yankees, to, to hold those other teams down, you really want to secure some some depth, I'd say. And, and, and my view of that would be getting a guy like Reynolds to play mm-hmm. every day. And then at, at that point, Bader can probably take some more days off if needed because Reynolds, of course, can play center field if needed. Um, it gives you more versatility in the outfield gives you more options i think it beefs up the lineup a little bit as well because the lineup at the bottom if trevino uh, falls off offensively if they don't get anything from a guy like hicks or anything from you know maybe (laughs) maybe ikf uh does even worse this year offensively um i think that there's definitely going to be some or donaldson if he doesn't bounce back i think there's just these kind of question marks right where Mm -hmm. you kind of Hope for these guys to pan out, and if anything goes wrong, you want that additional bat. A guy like Reynolds, I think, fits nicely. But um, Travis, a bit of a breaking news, actually, a bit of Ooh. a surprise. One of the first times we've had a news break on the pod. Nothing mind blowing here, but something definitely, I think, substantial. The Mets. Oh God. They don't Got stop. They don't Got stop. To Travis. That team again, yeah. They're gonna try to shed some salary here. They are trading. James McCann, their catcher mm. to the Baltimore Orioles. Mm. So what I'm seeing here, this was reported by Jeff Passan. Yep. Heyman then added that the Mets will pay down 25% of McCann's 12 million salary. So they're still paying a lot of it, but they're saving probably three million dollars for a player that they probably don't want to really use anyone. Yes. I th- I think it's for a player to be named, not hundred percent. There's no announcement on what's returning, but in I think a way it's
0: it's probably oddly rushman right
1: the player to be named is probably a combination <laughs> of adley rushman and grayson uh what's his name rodriguez yes his name? yeah yeah I, th- I think that's probably what it's gonna be um i think it's uh the best players on the orioles <laughs> going back to steve cohen's dynasty up in, in queens but no i think it's a smart move to kind of shed some yes payroll they do have um of course they have uh t- Tomas Nido.
0: Tomas Nido, they got Omar Navarez, they just got and then of course uh Francisco Alvarez the uh you know the number one I, I uh, assume we'll see him prospect. this
1: season at some point, yes.
0: Um so they have some they have some pieces too. They're kinda like the blue jays where they have so many depth pieces where McCann was just kind of in the way and it's like right you're only starting or playing because of your contract, and we just you, you've been holding us back for the last couple of years. The contract you look you know, when when, when he was a free agent, I, I mean I was as an Angels fan, I was like, We need to catch her, you know. Um we need someone that uh you know stassi can uh can be the backup of uh and james mccann's a great guy i think he had some really good numbers with the white Sox, and then right when he signed it just went downhill um and they needed to get rid of that because they have so many catchers that can do just about the same job and on a way cheaper contract so i i mean definitely a good move right there to get that guy out of there um in baltimore i guess you know i i I was going to say, I don't think Baltimore really wants to play him because they have Adley. Uh, he's their guy. <laughs> but, you know, he, who knows? He can
1: be a backup. He can be a, a veteran. He could yes. be depth, you know, whatever it might be. I think it's more um, whatever this – well, I mean, I really don't know what they're going to expect to get from McCann. Yep. Uh, if anything, it's just kind of they had Chirinos last year as like their backup catcher, DH, righty, mm-hmm. pinch hitter mm-hmm. kind of guy. Maybe he could do a similar role. But Travis, uh, we left the Yankees. I want to go back there just for a brief moment. Uh, brief, uh, quick announcement that Judge was announced as their captain. Uh, Not a big deal, not much to talk about, but yeah. it, it, it's cool to see for him. He's going to be a lifetime Yankee, it seems. Lots of legendary company. Um, not many guys have been captains of teams in general, mm-hmm. let alone a team like the Yankees. So that's cool. But one thing that was more notable for me, Travis, I want to touch on here. Um, so they did we already covered last week, they got um I'm blanking on his name, the relief pitcher that was with the Dodgers.
0: Oh, Tommy Canley. Yes, yeah.
1: Canley, yes. They so they had to add him to the roster. And so to do so, they had to cut someone off the roster. And they cut someone who I am quite surprised. Mm. They, they they DFA'd Lucas, I think it's pronounced Lucky. Mm. Um he is actually 35, which surprises me, but he is a lefty pitcher who had really good numbers the last two years. Uh in 2021, 72 innings pitched with a two seven four ERA uh a fit below three 1.4 FanGraphs WAR as a relief pitcher is very solid upside. And then just last season, we're talking about 57 and a third innings pitched, um, getting about a strikeout per inning, doing a good job of limiting the walks. Had a 2.67 ERA just this last season in 2022 with a FIP at 3.03. Lots to like, I think, with Lucky as a lefty. Getting up there in age, like I mentioned, so not sure how much longer he's going to be able to keep this up. But I do think that there's upside there, right, Travis? I think that there's something to like. I think he's the type of guy who is going to get traded. You see some guys get DFA'd, Travis. I'm not sure about the intricacies of the rules there. But one thing that is for sure um, is that you see these guys get DFA'd, and sometimes they're just cut. They're done. That's like our pools. Angels DFA'd him, and they weren't going to be able to trade him for anybody. They just had to cut him. And he signed with the Dodgers. But some guys get DFA'd and end up getting traded. Um, And so I think that there's a really good chance that the Yankees will get offers for, for lucky here. Um, I think, the, I think people will give up a prospect for this guy because he's just a good lefty reinforcement for the bullpen. I think um, a situational pitcher with, you know, really good, really good ERA numbers. I think there's a lot to like here um, with Lutgie. So I'm not sure if that was on your radar, but I think he's someone to look at for a team that's trying to compete. Maybe whether it be a Mets, a Dodgers, um, I mean, I say the same teams over and over again, yeah. you know, it could yeah. be anybody, it could be the Mariners, uh, it could be anybody, but someone who wants to give up a little bit, uh, maybe just one kind of medium level prospect for yeah. a guy who can be a reliever this season in, in, in high leverage, possibly. Um, definitely a guy to keep your eye on that. I'm surprised is now kind of up for grabs.
0: Yeah, definitely a guy you you're strong to point him out. It, it's funny looking mm-hmm. at his, uh, at baseball reference, you know, he, he came into the league in 2012, um, with Seattle played with them until 2015 then out of baseball from 2016 to 2020 so you wonder if he
1: um i'm not sure if he went to a different league or I what i was gonna
0: say he might went to the japanese or the korean league uh, that's what a lot of guys tend to do um and you know wasn't really providing much for his teams when he was playing um in the MLB in his first time out but then coming back in 2021 with the Yankees really yeah fixed some things and he's a guy that literally makes less than a million dollars a season and he could be just another again good lefty depth piece for that bullpen you can kind of strike gold with him I mean you look at the last two seasons with the Yankees I mean he's had a 271 ERA combining both seasons that's 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 phenomenal and the fifths below three uh innings pitch is really nice coming out of the pen I I, I could I could see easily 15 teams loving to get a guy this yes. for their for their bullpen to help them out.
1: Um uh and and you mentioned the Yankees kind of fix something when he returned back to MLB. Completely agree. That's been something the Yankees have been really good at in my opinion. Um Clay Holmes was the first example that really kind of blew our minds where he came in a trade from the Pirates. And the Yankees must have saw something in their pitching development team. And they said, we want this guy because we know we can make a couple tweaks. Travis, if you look at Clay Holmes' numbers as a Pittsburgh Pirate, they're not pretty at all. But they saw something, I think, in his sinker specifically that they said, if we get him to throw this pitch just the way we want to, then there's a very good chance that uh, he can break out. And he did break out in a big way, Mm -hmm. had a legendary first half. Struggled with control and command in the second half, but still ended up putting together a really good season. Um, I do think that Lutke is a guy who looks like had a similar story to his career where he joined the Yankees. They saw something. The Yankees' bullpen clearly is good at targeting guys um, that are going to have some level of upside with the right tweaks. They make those tweaks a lot of developmental successes in the Yankees bullpen. I'm interested to see if that can translate onto a new team. Should he end up on a new team next season, which I think he will, because um, I don't think he's this guy's going to get DFA'd and just become like a minor leaguer. I think yeah. that there's, there's too much value here for another team. They'll give up a little something-something to try to get him on their uh, MLB, rotate, or sorry, MLB bullpen. So that's all on that. I wanted to kind of throw it out there as something kind of fun and interesting.
0: And I'll slide back to the Brian Reynolds, to the Yankees that you said um it, it definitely feels like in the American League right now, at least, you know, the American League East, it's still very competitive. But I don't know if, you know, Toronto or Tampa Bay, definitely not Baltimore or Boston are on the Yankees level. I think they're a pretty, pretty easy team to pencil in for winning the American League East. And then you look at the Central, we talked about the Central, you know, the White Sox and the Twins not really going up for grabs to to secure that division. And then the Guardians, if they are the division winner, they really, you know, last year they competed really well and surprised a lot of teams, but they weren't a strong team to compete for an American League pennant. Um, I I definitely think a lot of people would agree with that. So it's just funny that, you know, right now you have the Yankees and the Astros, in my opinion, just two Uh, heavyweights battling it out for the pennant and and right now they're pretty equal you know Houston lost some guys they got some guys in trades and in some signings but also the Yankees acquiring getting judge back getting Rodon I just feel like getting a guy like Brian Reynolds would put them over the top and would actually you'd actually feel like this team is um, is the best team in the American League right now on paper and probably out playing in the field as well so again I, I feel like the Yankees have always been struggling with the houston astros and that's who they need to look at now as the matchup for the american league championship series down the road um i i just would i would love to see a move like that of brian reynolds to the yankees where they can at least uh just that outfit would look so crazy and that that lineup would look awesome uh, I, I think that would put him over the top with a, with Cole, Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Severino, a bunch of these guys all in the rotation as well. I I think that would be a very strong move for the Yankees if they could secure a guy like that. I feel like if they don't, they they are a better team from last year, but adding Rodon is basically the main person you're adding in. You get judge back. So um it still feels like in a seven-game series, the Astros could still put it together and you know easily take take the games and take take four of seven from from the Yankees in a uh, in a championship series. But like I said, it, it's it's all speculation. But I just think they need that one more move to put them over the top. Agreed. Other side the National League, I mean can't count the Dodgers the Dodgers the Padres the Phillies Mets and Braves all look like they are World Series bound easily so um that's going to be a way more I think competitive uh league this season especially with that National League East I mean it's it's crazy
1: you're bringing up an interesting conversation that I'm I'm not fully ready to have we'll have to have it I'm sure you know right before spring training or something but I, AL, it feels like we have a pretty good sense of how things might shake up. There's a few questions, you know, how good will the Mariners be mm-hmm. off the playoff appearance? How good will the Angels be with these new additions? How good will Toronto, the Rays, be these other teams that usually make the playoffs? Yes. yep. Um, but maybe it might have some regression or something like that. Um,
0: it's very wide open. We can. I, I, I can't wait for that conversation because I just feel like... The, the Ameri- wild
1: card feels wide open. The, the say, American
0: yeah. League, you, you have the Yankees and you have Houston and then you have, you know... The rest. Are, are the Guardians and the Mariners for real? Toronto, I think, is for real, but you, you just have so many teams that you're like, I, I don't know. I, I, I could see them being successful. I could see them also being... Uh, you know, chokers in the end. And and the new scheduling with next year with playing less in your division will be a very good impact on how we kind of can see all these teams play out because you won't have Cleveland or the White Sox beating up on the Royals and the Tigers for so many games like we saw last year. Cleveland will have to play a lot of NL, they'll have to play the entire NL schedule and of course play, uh, you know, the rest of the American League more often than playing their own division. But it's going to be fun.
1: Right, and and so... We agree, the AL, um, there's two guys, teams that feel like locks in the Astros and Yankees. And after that, it feels like an open wild card race. The NL, Travis, in my mind, is much harder just because um, nothing feels guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I could see three different teams winning the NL East. I could see at least two teams winning the NL West. Um, All those teams probably expect to make the playoffs. I'm, of course, talking about the uh, Dodgers, Padres, Phillies uh mets and braves there's only one more spot which is going to be the cardinals or whoever wins the nl central so it feels like a lot of those teams are going to be um in wild card situations when they really feel like they have division winning uh hopes and and you know aspirations yeah. so we'll see if they end up um able to fulfill those dreams still more offseason to go still more uh you know trades to be done signings on these teams aren't done of course um trades are happening as we speak as we already mentioned so um we'll we'll continue covering the action as as the season kind of goes on but Travis that pretty much wraps up everything I had uh so I think we'll just kind of wrap it up here
0: wraps up the wraps up the year as well <laughs> Most last likely last
1: episode of the of the yeah of this of the calendar year um but the 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 2022 2023 Offseason season will roll on in january of course um we can start in Jan- Travis january february covering some of our you know positional um rankings we always do every mm-hmm. season um we'll do like player rankings across the board we kind of discuss division winners and when we get into february heading into march it's really time to kind of we'll of course be covering the world baseball classic as it happens but i'm excited for that pre-spring training era Travis. we have to start really figuring out who are we gonna start putting some money on this season? How are we gonna, you know, make some uh, some of our Vegas bets we do every year, and a lot to think about because I'm not sure I have this season quite figured out yet. I should we, say next we haven't season. had
0: a, a regular spring training ever. You know, we, we we started this on basically opening day of 2021 last year, locked out for three months, didn't know if we had a season, and then you know we were. We are giving our lectures on the best Angels team of all time and the best AL team. That was a fun month we went through because we were just bored. But it's actually cool now to see that we can, you know, start covering World Baseball Classic, which the excitement from the World Cup that's going to be so exciting for baseball, at least to see all these stars. And I love seeing all these guys on Team USA getting added. I know Kershaw just announced he will be uh, a part of uh, of Team USA. So
1: best pitcher that's been added. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're, you're, it's it's going to be fun to see, um, you know, a lot of these guys being worked and especially the offense with Mike Trout playing. That's, of course, awesome to see. So uh, World Baseball Classic spring training. It'll be it'll be loads of fun.
1: Yeah, I actually heard Yelich was considering declaring for the Japanese team. I heard that. I think his grandma really? or something is, wow, is really? Japanese. But, I mean, it's going to be so much fun to see some of these guys on yeah. some of these teams. I can't wait. But, yeah, in the spring is going to bring some fun discussions. But throughout the rest of the winter, Travis, we will keep the coverage coming on the offseason, on our thoughts for the 2023 season as it slowly but surely approaches. If you made it this far, listeners, we appreciate you so much. Please give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, i um, going to start hopefully trying to engage more, create some polls perhaps, and just try to get some more listener feedback. Um, we want to interact with you guys and go ahead and hit us up in the DMs too. We love talking about all this stuff. But if you made it this far, we appreciate you so much. And we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>